0: So, now it is Q&A time. Q&A. Yeah. You can record it. Yeah. You're out. talking about uh,
1: theodicy, and, and then you and then you something with an A. Anthropodicy. Can you explain that again?
0: Okay, yeah. So, that was just a contrast to the word theodicy. Anthropodicy, so, anth- if you think of anthropology, is the study of man. So, anthro is just man. And anthropodicy is giving a reason for what man does to God. So it's justifying the ways of men. Not super important for the discussion. It's just helpful to distinguish the terms. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah? I made this one. I know the evidence problem table the ESR. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was, uh, Will talked about it a lot, but it's the principle of sufficient reason. That's that's the uh, abbreviation for it. So it's just um, PSR. It's just God has a reason for doing what He does. Right? Yeah. He He doesn't do stuff without a reason. Yeah. Right.
0: There's no There's no arbitrariness in our world, and everything that happens happens for some sufficient reason. Is the idea. Mm. Yeah. What else? Yes. What about the moral
1: responsibility of but
3: it seems like God is allowing
0: things to happen, and versus God is making something happen. Yeah, um, the moral responsibility of God. Yeah, um, when it comes to do you have an answer for like?
2: So I'm I'm just having uh hard time figuring out what it is you're exactly searching for so like what like what about the moral responsibility of god
3: I can maybe things like something like Hitler. like why he was he allowed to to the ear and do what he did. Or maybe
1: yeah.
3: was he allowed or was he caused
1: to to yeah. Yeah. and if he sent, mm. yeah. yeah yeah and he
2: was to have found yeah okay 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 yeah so um, when it comes to that situation, uh, I, th- I honestly think the answer would depend on how you view free will. So like what we were talking about earlier, when it comes to like the logical problem of evil, you're going to have a bunch of different answers. But when, when it comes to your view of free will, uh, like it, Alvin Planting, basically made a whole argument using the libertarian sense of free will. Right. And, it, and if you have that sense, you could say something like, oh God, uh, allowed that because, Hitler has free will and he wanted to preserve human free will. Now, uh, if you don't hold that sense, you might have to say something like it it is eventually going to glorify God or it's part of his plan. Now, when it comes to, like, moral responsibility of God uh, to allow that, I'm not sure, like, what that – again, I'm not sure what that uh, exactly is asking when when we're saying, like, moral responsibility of God. So
0: yeah, I think what – here's my answer, kind of – no matter where you fall on the spectrum of sovereignty and free will, if, okay, if you're um, the whole range of ideas, you got like determinism on one end and then like open theism on the other, where God basically has no idea what's going to happen in the future and everything that happens is our fault. On that spectrum of views, the open theist is going to have the easiest time dealing with the problem of evil. He can just blame everything on us. And the determinist is going to have the toughest time. Now, I think the Bible pushes us in the direction of. Um, a high view of sovereignty, not necessarily determinism, but a pretty high view of sovereignty. And so no matter where you fall on the spectrum, you're going to, I think Christians just have to deal with this. Even if you say, um, even if, like, I believe in libertarian free will, but even with that, you still have to answer the question of, yeah, sure, but why is God allowing us to do these things? Mm-hmm. So the, it doesn't just completely answer all of the problems. Mm-hmm. I think that the, the answer of libertarian free will should take up, if we're gonna think of a big pie, it should take up a pretty small portion of actually the Christian's response. Even if you're a libertarian, like I am, with free will, it doesn't take up the greatest, it doesn't solve everything. And it doesn't take up and solve the whole problem of evil. Because you're still asking, well, God's still allowing this to happen. He could come in and stop it, but he doesn't. Um, So it doesn't completely take away the problem. And I do think we should rely more on, God has morally sufficient reasons for this. He's gonna bring greater goods out of it. whether that makes him morally responsible, we have to say no. I think the Christian response is that he's not the author of evil, and that's what we hold to, even though he allows evils to occur. Uh, we still hold to God as holy, and he does nothing evil. Essentially, he's perfect and good, and so therefore nothing that he does or allows can be evil. Mm-hmm. Um, he must have a greater reason for it. And so for God, it's not evil, and he's not responsible for it um, in terms of like a morally evil way. Mm-hmm. Is what the Christian has to say. Yes.
3: Um, Christians do have to grapple with the problem of evil, true. But don't atheists also have to grapple with the problem of good?
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. That's a great. That's a great question. Yeah.
2: Um, atheist. Like this isn't just a Christian problem. Like let's let's just say that right now. No matter who you are or or what you believe in. Uh, evil and suffering is a part of reality you have to deal with it you you have to answer it some way so what we've been going through this is the christian answer but again if if an atheist or if someone else is asking you this question you can respond to them with with all of this stuff but then you can also keep going and you can ask them hey uh, how, how would you respond like why is this bad thing happening to me or how or, or even like how do you explain good right because they uh, we can say that certain worldviews have a very difficult time explaining good. There are actually a lot of athe- atheists that just straight up say good and evil are illusions, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't exist, yeah. right? So that isn't really, a, I, I don't think think—is a good answer, especially if someone's in the middle of suffering. Like, what are you going to say? Yeah, this doesn't actually exist. It's an illusion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: yeah. I, I think, yeah, the point you're getting at more so is that um, for the atheists to start pointing out like moral problems with God, they are starting to appeal to a standard that isn't in their worldview. Mm. They they don't have the ability to appeal to a standard of right and wrong when their worldview doesn't allow for that. In their worldview, they have no objective standard to discern what right and wrong is. And so for them to start borrowing from our worldview to appeal to God's immoral in this way, Mm. why and who says? On an atheistic worldview, you can always answer the question, but why is that wrong? And who says? Yeah. Who's ultimately saying? If it's just another human being that evolved from an ape, why should I care? Yeah. Um, so have to, you have to keep that in mind that they have no framework to talk about objective morality in the way that we do. There's actually a book by,
2: uh, I think Frank Turek and one other person. I think it was like co-written, but it's called Stealing from God. And it's basically uh, talking about all the things that uh, other world worldviews or, uh, or specifically atheists use, that they just take from the christian worldview and say hey i'm gonna believe in this even though they can't justify it right they they steal from god or they steal from christianity
0: i think it's called borrowing from god is it borrowing from god hold on yeah okay stealing from god you're right yeah stealing from god never mind okay any other questions yes um, yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Paul deals Paul deals with this extensively in Romans, this idea of, um, <laughs> I don't know what that answer was, <laughs> but um, like in Romans 2 and 3, he talks about, should we, as some have accused us of saying, he says, that we should do bad so that good may come from it, he says, no, we shouldn't. His response is, even though um, the more sin abounds, grace abounds, the more, that doesn't give us a license to sin, and so we shouldn't mm-hmm. sin. So. Just before everything, the response is no. We shouldn't just commit more atrocities so, so that God has brought more glory from it. The, the, we are still, you know, supposed to strive for the good. But given that we will fall, God will still bring all of that for good, regardless. Um, so yeah, um, I would also I would I would also say that a lot
2: of people in Uh, certain evangelical circles hate talking about actions right they they love like justification but when when it comes to actions they hate talking about it um because some people just don't want to live up to the standard right um so i i would say that does come into play like Paul does address all these issues but also he's he's contrasted with someone like James where we get hey Jesus does all the work for us he justifies us but then James is like yeah but our actions matter and then also if if we didn't have like if our actions didn't matter then i w- then i would begin to question a lot of different parts of the bible specifically like all of the wisdom in the in in the old testament so like proverbs or ecclesiastes or or anything like that, saying like, "Hey, we should do these things." Okay, well, she does all
0: the work, and we have a license to sin. Why would we have those books, right? Yeah. So clearly, the wrong response from the freedom of the grace of the gospel is is not um, a license to sin. Mm-hmm. Question, yes. Hello. All right. Well, we'll talk. Here's my, uh, here's my question. Mm-hmm.
1: When do you guys?
0: yeah yeah i so i talked about that probably before you walked in um so the christian answer is generally that evil is not something that god created as an actual thing okay so and i use the analogy of cold and heat to describe this this idea so cold are evil and good do not exist in the same way just like cold and heat don't exist in the same way so heat really exists like the presence of heat is like actual energy and particles moving around really fast causing heat. Cold is an absence of that. So there's nothing actually there. So it's real to our senses, like we perceive, yeah, it's real, it's cold outside, but it doesn't exist in the same way in the sense of it has what we call ontological status. It has actual being, okay? So we wouldn't ascribe that to evil in the Christian worldview. Yeah. And we would say that the origin of evil is the misuse of creaturely freedom. So first, Uh, Satan chiefly, he fell first by a misuse of his God-given free will. And then later, man falls in the same way. They fall with a misuse of their creaturely freedom. And so God gave us free will, which is a good. It's good that we're not robots. We can choose right from wrong. And he gave us this good. We misused it. So the, the source of evil, while God's allowing it to happen, the source of it is from us. And of course, God... Uh, Brought us all into existence knowing that these things would happen, but he has a grand story that he is bringing out of all of this. Um, So that's the Christian answer. So you think that evil began when Satan
1: rebelled
0: and then mankind? Yeah. That would probably be like pre creation, like pre Genesis. So, God created the earth. Correct. So I would put I would put do you think
1: Satan before God's creation and
0: you know he Eve and then it as well? Yeah, I would put the order a little differently. So God created the heavens and the earth, and I would say that the creation of angelic beings happened after that, but before the creation of man. So sometime in between the creation of man and the creation of everything else, like the universe, somewhere in between there, God created angelic beings, mm-hmm. Satan being um, the most beautiful of them. And then he fell out of a misuse of his liberty. And then man subsequently falls in a similar way. Does that help? Well, yeah. I mean, I'm just trying to yeah. A perspective yeah. yeah. What
1: most people are seeing. Now, I, I'm trying to also wrestle with some scriptures that I've yeah. had to, not, I don't want
3: to say deal with, but it's like, okay, God, Lord. Yeah. yeah. When it comes to the sovereignty of God yes. and like
1: Him. Creating a being, Satan, chief. I'm not saying he's chief of angels. He's sure. not even the greatest of the angels. And yes, his beauty was very, very glorious, from what we read in like you know Ezekiel and different passages about the fall of Satan. Sure. Yeah. Um, but dude, like when you read certain things where it's like God made this being and allowed him to have free will to rebel against Him, mm-hmm. and like you know just trying to understand, God is not. Like, God's not unaware that yeah. evil is going to come
3: with this. Yeah.
1: And yet he's sovereign over it from the time he makes Satan,
3: yes. he made it,
1: this beautiful angel, to the yeah. time he's going to cast him in the lake of fire. Yes. You know what I mean? Like that, yeah. That's like a, whoa, well, yeah.
3: God. Yes. yes. have complete control over evil, but you're going to allow some of the worst things to
0: happen from, like, pre-your mm-hmm. children, right, Adam, and yeah. even the
1: Jesus Christ comes back on the white horse with the sword coming up. Yeah, like
0: that's that's
1: like a lot of yeah, that's yeah. a lot of stuff to try and understand. And like, okay, God, you're going to allow all this evil, but it's for a good purpose,
2: yeah. and I can still trust you. Yeah, and I, I would actually like to uh, talk on two things that both of you talked about. First one is when it comes to like evil as a privation. I just want to give a, a little more tangible example when it comes to morality. It's like, for example. Uh, cowardice is the absence of bravery. We wouldn't say, oh, cowardice is actually existing here. We would say, hey, there's no bravery here at all, right? That, that would just be a, an example of a good thing that is being, but cowardice would be that good thing is not there. Uh, but back to what you just said, uh, like how could, like, it, it, it is something to struggle with and, and think about and contemplate is like how can God be in control of all this and still allow all this evil? Um, and I would say when we are looking at the scriptures, though, mm-hmm. there there is one important thing to keep in mind. There there isn't a lot of scripture telling us about uh, Lucifer or Satan or the origin of sin or how how he fell. There there isn't a lot, right? Uh, honestly, there's only a few passages that really tell us about it, and it's not even until like a lot of the Bible has been written, mm-hmm. right? So, so that's the first thing. And the second thing is we can we can summarize Scripture in the Bible and what it's for and what it's there to tell us about, and that's uh, in two word, words: spiritual redemption. So it's not necessarily there to tell us everything about how sin came to be or how Lucifer fell. Um, it's mainly there to say like, hey, sin is a reality, this is how we're gonna fix it. Right? Now I, th- I think we do have to keep that in mind. Like I don't I don't think it was created to tell us everything about how sin came to be. Yeah.
1: Right? I, agree, I agree with you. Like there's yeah. certain things where it's like God gives you a little glimpses. You're yeah, like, hey, this is how I want you to see this, but like I'm not gonna let you see everything the way that maybe you want. Because our curious brains, like yeah. Yeah. You, you give a, you give a child, you know, right, it's some it's like you put a child in like a testament it's like okay let's see who reacts you know? mm-hmm. And like the curiosity level almost just brings them to a spot where it's like I don't know, more of a, I yeah what, you know, what's, yeah what does this mean You're yeah. right like even with eve in the garden like you know like god has like commanded them not to eat from the tree mm-hmm. but yet satan made it seem like hey it would be better if you did though. Mm-hmm. Right? Like the desire
2: for wisdom, right? Yeah.
1: The temptation that Satan gave for wisdom was a part of that disobedience. Yeah, yeah. You know? I'm just kind of curious. Kinda yeah. Like, you know, this is another, I want to bring this passage specifically because I've been thinking about it a lot. Mm-hmm. It's Isaiah 45, 7, I know like, what this is coming. Do you know this passage? Yeah. I mean, okay. Yeah, dude, this is, it's just curious to me, like, because, right, God made the life. You can see that the light is good. And he separated the light from the darkness, right? Mm-hmm. And like the darkness, he didn't call good. Mm-hmm. But, like, look what he says in Isaiah. I form the light and create darkness. I bring prosperity and create disaster. Mm-hmm. I, the Lord, do all these things. Like, how, how is it that God in his goodness, right, making light from his mouth also can make darkness? You know what I mean? Like, I'm
0: curious about that. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this passage is a tough one. Um, First, it's helpful to know the context of what's happening in Isaiah, what's happening in Isaiah 40 through 48 especially. And so Isaiah 45, it's addressing Cyrus, who's this wicked king that God's about to judge, basically. And he's going to bring his judgment upon him, uh, King Cyrus. And so he is um, saying, like, I am completely in control. When bad things happen and when bad things come about in your life, Cyrus, um, I am in control of that. I am in control of all things, the future and the past. I'm able to judge, uh, I'm able to tell the future, unlike the false gods that are not able to do this. And this is how you can know that I am the true God because I'm in control of everything. And so, and I think actually, and I, I thought you were going to cite a different verse from it, the, the, the verse that says, I create calamity or I bring calamity. Well, actually, it's a different- Okay. Create a wheel and think, well, you know, if you go to the
3: Hebrew, mm-hmm. like, dude, it's like, you know, Ra is the Hebrew word for evil, mm-hmm.
1: right? And I think that's actually the word that's used here. So it's like, okay, God. i can i give and here's the thing, I'm not trying to question God's mm-hmm. character because I mm-hmm. don't trust him. Yeah. I know he was a loving prophet was revealed to Jesus Christ, right? Yeah. Jesus never did any evil or wrong. Yeah. And yet so much was you know what I mean? So like I I have a Deep trust in God, and I'm not trying to like
0: malign yeah. His character or like. No, absolutely. I'm, I'm just trying to understand Father. Yeah. God. yeah. How how is it that you are so sovereign
1: mm-hmm. that you can allow something and maybe even yeah. make it right, even if it's personified in a creature like that is yeah. somebody who despised as Satan? Yep. Like man, like that's. That's, and even when we're like, I think this is an apologetics class, like, more talking to people. Yeah. That's a question that you get fired back on so much when people are on the Minneapolis streets. Like, yeah. if God's so good, why does He allow Satan to do all this stuff? Yeah. Why Why does He? And they even they even blame God. Sure. Right? Yeah. And like, I kind of go back to the story of Job. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, what's the best example of persons that have endured great evil yeah. and great suffering from God? Yeah. Because it, it was. From God,
0: because God allowed it. Satan went to God before his throne and mm-hmm. had to get the permission to take Job's sons away, his daughters. Yeah. His like his
1: health. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, okay, it doesn't seem like this is like he didn't Joe wasn't maybe aware of Satan's presence in the whole story, but like right. he's seeing it between it's between him and
0: God. Right. Yeah. So yeah, two things real quick. One is it's true, we, we don't want to We don't want to try to excuse God more than the Bible wants to excuse God from things. The Bible is often quite comfortable with saying things about God, and God has chosen to reveal himself in a certain way, that certain passages come across and we're like, "Uh, is God evil? And we have to question it. Um, And so we don't want to, sometimes we get into, in, in apologetics, we get into the trap of trying to defend God more than he even wants or needs to be defended, more than he himself defends himself in Scripture from these sorts of accusations. And so there is a really good video about this particular passage, if it, and I, I can put it in the group me for everybody, um, but it's from Mike Winger. He's a pastor and an apologist on YouTube, and he has a really good walkthrough of this whole text and a general answer to the question of why did God, did God create evil? So I am not as smart as him. I will put that video in the group chat because I know it's a really good response to this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would in general say that this passage is more addressing um, I think a better translation is not he creates evil, but he he brings calamity. So, like, he brings disaster, which I think is a a better way to say it because it's about to talk about how he's about to bring the judgment on this wicked king, Mm -hmm. Cyrus. And so, some of the context helps a little bit, um, but I will point you to that video. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah.
2: But thank you for that's a great question. Yeah. and, And just the discussion. Yeah. But, um, we only have a little bit left of Q and A. Does anyone else have questions? <coughs> oh, two. Yeah, Angel. Uh,
1: where do you feed the control relating to all these uh, sources of evil, like the different problems of evil? Like a good examples say, Daniel, when the uh, in angel was, uh, Michael was prevented from coming com- to him for thirty-one days because of the prince of,
3: of Persia. How or Part of these categories of problem of evil. yeah I so <laughs>
2: so I would say like the whole the whole Bible is always filled with uh, with evil and other sometimes questioning God or why he allows certain things. so like job he he was discuss discussing with God constantly and uh, kind of going back and forth with him um, and so we have that as an example but also other people so if, if you wanted us to like go through and find an example of like each problem of evil we we might be able to but I think a good thing to remember is that these these problems posed were from atheists they weren't like they weren't looking at the scripture saying oh here's the here's the problem of evil right here or here's the argument I'm gonna make uh but this that's where we find a lot of the answers so again example Job so when uh, an atheist would bring up a topic like the, maybe the evidential problem of evil like why would god allow these things to happen and so much of it we could go to job and say hey this is a great example of what you're talking about and this is the bible's response to it right um for the logical problem like someone questioning how evil in god could exist uh, uh a scripture doesn't come to mind right away but i just i just know there's plenty of places where it, like
0: calamity or disaster happens, they're like, how could you do this, right? I'll just say two things real quick about angels and whatnot. Um, One is we don't have relatively that much that talks about angels and demons in the Bible. We have some, but not like nearly as much as like we'd like to have, right? Mm -hmm. We'd like to have no way more and we don't know that much. I, I would say that one, we should be aware that there is a rich, and Christians, I think we should believe that there is a rich whole other world and spiritual dimension going on around us that is involving a conflict between good and evil in that space Mm -hmm. and that we get evidence that angels are like fighting (laughs) and they are sometimes delayed things like that 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 satan is prowling prowling around like a roaring lion seeking to devour us Mm -hmm. so there's a whole rich spiritual dimension that's going on and that we need to take up god's armor Mm -hmm. because we know that we're fighting against that and our weapon against that is the word of god and so just a the point there. We don't know as much as we want to about angels. But yeah. um, then the second point is that, in, so at the end of 1 Peter one, it talks about how um, the salvation that we have, it describes the whole salvation that we have in Christ and the ultimate forgiveness that we have in Him. And it says how this has been given to mankind, and it's something that angels uh, long to look at. They long to look like into the mystery of our salvation. So this whole like you might think that angels have it better than humans, but if you think about it, this whole, we're going to fall and it's going to suck for a long time. There's going to be a ton of evil and suffering, but ultimately God's going to save us through it and forgive us and show his love for us in this way. The angels are like, yeah, I want some of that. Yeah. What, that didn't happen to me and I kind of wanted some of that. It's almost like they're jealous for what's happening to mankind, yeah. which is just crazy to think about. And when
2: it comes to the spiritual realm, I've heard of, I haven't read this book myself, but I've heard a lot of people talk about this book when it comes to like, talking about the supernatural again or just bringing back that element a little more because a lot of people forget it. It's, it's a book called The Unseen Realm, right? Uh, I've heard a lot of good things about it. I haven't read the whole thing. But a lot of people have gone to it for research or a resource on talking about the spiritual world or the supernatural. Yeah. Um, and and then, anything else? Yes. We'll make this the last one. one
3: Two. Both of you get okay, a question? Yeah, both. Yeah, both. God created the universe that contains evil, obviously. Um, A couple of good reasons why he would have done that is, one, he's putting his mercy on display, and without a world with evil, he wouldn't be able to show mercy to simple Mm -hmm. people like us, and that allows us to appreciate his mercy. Um, And also, um, he is putting his justice on display at the same time. Mm -hmm. So... Without that, we wouldn't be able to show the, those attributes that he has. Yeah. And it's important for God to show his glory in those ways. Yeah. Um, additionally, we as Christians know how, how this story ends, and that ultimately the plan is to completely defeat evil. Yeah. A lot of people complain that, you know, why God's all powerful? Why doesn't he just snap his fingers and mm. Satan is destroyed and you know, everything? Okay. I have a comment in the my question. So, uh, first is, a lot of people um, um, mixed up or have a hard time reconciling God's judgments and evil. Mm-hmm. So, like, thinking, like, you know, bad things happen that's evil, but, like, you know, if God judges, if God judges then bad things are going to happen. So, yeah. You know, there's people uh, that's unjustified, there's, if you want to put it as evil, as justified. That is kind of a problem for people. Uh, They might not take it right away. Yeah. And then the
2: question was um, the gratuitous evil. uh, That's basically when things happen uh, that kind of work out of control, or just naturally things happen? So, a gratuitous evil is uh, the basic idea of it is like something happens, but it could have been a little less evil or a little less harsh. So, like, the example I gave is a tree falls on a deer and the deer suffers for like 5 hours straight. Why couldn't it be only like 3 hours that the deer suffered or or experienced pain? Why or with like people, why did someone have to get tortured for 30 days? Why couldn't they only get tortured for 29 days? Like it seems very possible that God could have had it like that and that's that's what they're pointing to as gratuitous
0: evils. Yeah, it's, right? it's an evil that occurs with no prevailing greater good. Yeah. So that's what the atheist posits is a part of our world, and the Christian usually responds with, God doesn't allow any gratuitous evils.
2: Yeah. And then uh, on your on your comment, we can make this the last thing, I, I do like that, and um, R.C. Sproul has probably my favorite quote on this topic. And uh, an emotional, like, well, probably it comes from a, the emotional uh, place when it comes to the problem of evil is a lot of people ask like okay why do bad things happen to good people R.C. Sproul's answer is just genius and my favorite thing he just says that only happened once and he volunteered right and I, I just think that's a great way to think about it like we we aren't good we're bad right um, and we do deserve a lot of the things that happen to us and we we have to remember
3: that yeah but uh, we can go on a small group now